This is Main Event Heat. Way too fucking early. <laughs> God damn it. If you're listening to this, we've already fucked up. <laughs> Ain't nothing like a nice fuck up to start the episode. I'm all about it. This is that's just that's just a great example of where our if, minds are right now. If you've made it this far. <laughs> Holy fuck, if you made it 45 seconds in, you are a goddamn trooper. I am sweet sexy Rob, one of your hosts. Forgot that part. That's your other host, Big Mike. That's um <laughs> this is Big Mike, baby. If you made it this far, that's some Brad Maddox. I like I like how Maddox's leg and a bit of the carpet has taken over your microphone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to this uh, exciting episode of Main Event Heat. Let's just go ahead and, Mike, real quick, off the top, dude, we've both had a bit of a roller coaster last couple of weeks, especially you. How are you feeling right now, big dog? Bro, I know you've been I busy am, as hell. I am fucking tired. Yeah. Like, this has been the busiest I've been in a year. Like, I, I have not been this busy. I mean, it all started, I mean, like a week and a half ago. I picked up a couple, like a listing, and then I, and then it just, it just started rolling, man. I picked up that listing, and then we just started, I got them under contract on another house, and then it just started rolling, man. And I've got, I've got six contracts out right now, um, in less than eight days. And, uh, on top of that, I had to take my wife to the emergency room um i hope everything's all right there yeah man we thought it was something else and it just turned out to be a big ass kidney stone that she had to piss out Ooh, ouch so look she's all right um she's a trooper she gets to put up with me on a couple more days yeah um but dude i've just been leaving the house and not coming back until late at night because i'm out working i just literally right before we got on this podcast i just sent over an email for another listing agreement on some building on, on a lot of uh, land, seven and a half acres, and uh, gonna get it on the market this week. Well, shit! If you guys listen to that and you're in Georgia and you need to get a house, call my boy Big Mike. <laughs> he needs more to do. Clearly, I am your mom's favorite realtor. That's the truth. Let me go ahead and level with you real quick. And we're—I was contemplating not putting this in, but you know what? I've already hit record. We're gonna talk about it. So let me tell you about what happened yesterday. So. We were supposed to record yesterday, as, as some of you guys have probably figured, if you care enough from the, the viewing patterns of the show, we'll try. You know, we have a bit of a staggered recording schedule. We'll try to knock out a couple of episodes in a clip because of how crazy our schedules are. Him with selling houses. I finally this is I've got a weekend off from wrestling. This doesn't happen very much. I've only got like three or four more of these throughout the rest of the year. Um, but you, we were supposed to record yesterday. I was going to go. We had had a couple of days during the week we couldn't record because I had something else I was doing. Like I was over at Zicky's birthday party for one of them. And I think I was doing something else another day. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Friday. Let's do it. I was going to go watch Southern Honor, but I was like, fuck it, Mike. We got to get these episodes done. Let's go and do it Friday. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, all right, well, I can do about eight to nine. Does that work for you? Can we start eight to nine? I was like, yeah, dude, that works. I was you, ready too, man. You texted me at what? Nine 30 last night. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey man. Hey man, we ready to do this or what? <laughs> and I told you, and which wasn't incorrect, but I didn't tell you the whole story. I told you, man, I'm sick as fuck. After dinner, I'm I was in bed. I was and I was very much sick as fuck in bed. But let me tell you how I got that way, Big Mike. 
So when I realized I'm not going out, I'm not going to Southern Honor tonight, I'm staying in, I'm doing the podcast. I went, you know what? Fuck it. I know I did some last night, but let's have some edibles tonight. Yeah. I had this uh, I had this little jar of, of gummies I was I was going through and I had a little bit left. It wasn't as much as I had last night. So I was like, this ain't going to be no thing, you know, because the, the night that I the night before I had gotten super high, but it was like it was a manageable. It was just kind of just sunk into the couch kind of thing. And I figured I was like, well, there's less than what I had yesterday, so I should be good. I don't know how this shit works, but I was not good. I, I ate it. I came in here into this office at about 830 or so to get the podcast up. I already had this, this stream yard already pulled up, already had your messenger pulled up to send you the link. And then I sat here and I felt the panic attack coming on and I was like, okay, I need to chill. So I was like, let me put some music on. So I put some music on, on Spotify and I just sit here, try to vibe. And I was like, I'm just going to close my eyes, vibe to this music. And then I closed my eyes and that made it worse. And the music, for some odd reason, was making it worse, too. So I took the threw the fucking headset off. My hands were shaking. I just sat here and just like, all right, breathe this shit out. Try to remember my DDP yoga fucking breathing technique gimmick. I'm going to breathe this shit out. I took in one deep breath, and then I filled that trash can right behind me with what I had for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, it was, I was like, I was sat here in this chair for another like 15 minutes. And I was like, I'm going to try to clean this up. I'm going to try to calm down, see if we can't knock this episode out. And then I just felt it coming back on. I was like, I got to go lay down. And I went and laid down at 9 p.m. And I got out of bed this morning at 11 a.m. Damn it, my brother. And I feel like shit today. So I did that to myself. And I did that to us, Mike, is what I'm trying to say. And I apologize for doing that. So you were you were like I was in Dothan in the hotel room. Worse. Yeah, I, you had a chance. And you, it worked. You just had to go to sleep and you were straight. It did, buddy, I, I ain't, I ain't slept. I need some more of that shit. I ain't slept that good. Oh, hot minute, boy. I imagine you get, do you get regular drug tests at the firehouse? Yeah. yeah. Damn, dude. That's, that's like my biggest, like, like, that's like my biggest thing is I can't fucking pop an edible in. Cause it all. helps you sleep really nice. Mm-hmm. Like I slept like a motherfucker last night. I, and, and, and I went to him. I was like, look, I don't use this like for like recreational just to get high. Like I'm not a fucking junkie. I use this cause I want to go to sleep, man. Yeah. Like, I want to sleep good. I've got, uh, you know, I'm like, I've got severe PTSD from this fucking job to where I will wake up with hot fucking sweats. And, uh, but no, no, you know, if I get popped for it, I'm in, you know. Well, so everybody listening, that's why you need to buy a house from Big Mike. Because if he makes enough money buying houses, he don't have to work for the fire department. He can do as much weed as he wants. I have a, I have a plan, man. In five years, I'm fully retired from fire and EMS. And uh, 100% into real estate as the king of houses and the the lord of land. The lord of <laughs> land. I saw you posted like some like seven acre plot or something earlier today, didn't you? Yeah, that's, my, that's the one I got going up. It's 7.4 acres, man. It's uh, it's in Lamar County, which is Barnesville, Georgia, yep. just off the Interstate 75. Um, It's uh, off a dirt road. It's literally surrounded by thousands of acres of hunting land. I mean, and it's already cleared. It's got a great, it's graded for the house. It's got a driveway cleared in. It's got trails from the old logging days for like, if you wanted to go ride your ATVs, I went hiking through it with the, with the, with the sellers, which is the greatest couple of lesbians I've ever met in my life. Shit. Yeah. 
Like we took their freaking Toyota RAV4, which I'm going to buy me one of those little bastards because They're this fun. little bitch went everywhere. I mean, They're we went all fun. over that seven acres, man. And we found freaking deer tracks that big. I mean, we got a German Shepherd just ran up on us out of nowhere. Shit, yeah. And uh, I mean, it was awesome, man. And that's a great plot. It's uh, It's got a great price of $89,000. That's and, that's pretty fucking good considering how much and, space that is. And it's got fiber internet available for that. Out in the fucking middle of nowhere, dude. Fiber internet. Fastest internet you can get right there. If you guys need need to want to build your dream home, I know a builder. I know about 50 builders that'll build your dream home. I can get you the land right now. Let's go. Call me. And Big Mike Sales. That's the commercial for the day right there, Doug. <laughs> but yeah man so for sure like I, I actually you know what now that you said that i've got facebook up on my other screen there's the the plot of land i'm looking at right there it does yeah. look nice and that fiber internet that's a game changer and you don't have to move to the fucking city to get it anymore isn't that beautiful it, you can get it in the country man i live in the country rob's seen my house I, fiber internet's available for me i don't have out, it out there in the sticks too because i got charter and charter's just as fucking good <laughs> i mean i i've, I've got at&t fiber and i fucking love it I so out in the out fucking the sticks, you can get a nice ass plot of land surrounded by absolutely nothing but nice houses. They even put it; it's literally in the deed. No manufactured homes. In fact, I'm getting messages about it right now. You can ride up to it. Well, that's good. That's good news to hear. And speaking of good news, there was a lot of good shit that happened in wrestling over the last week or two since we've recorded. Uh, a lot of great pay-per-views that came out. We're going to you know, give our, our uh, pros and cons about each of those shows. I know that a couple of them Mike didn't watch, so I'll be doing the heavy lifting on those. But we can't talk about any of that without talking about the thing that I'm sure all of you listening are surprised that 10 minutes into this podcast we haven't brought up yet. Because it's what everybody else is talking about. Mike, we had some pretty big fucking news happen last weekend. CM Punk is now officially relieved of his duties from All Elite Wrestling. The man that brought you back into wrestling a couple of years ago, almost exactly two years later, gone. What do you think? Uh, I mean, he was a bust. Let's be real. I mean, his him coming back, How he, he was gone for almost a year after after the incident. What six months? Eight at months? all out at least. Yeah. yeah, I mean six eight months at least. He was gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you've got he's he came back, had a terrible. I mean, let's be honest, the guy can't work like he used to. Yeah, had a terrible match against Hangman Page where he about blew his knee out five times. And yeah, he <laughs> kept trying to he kept trying to do the buckshot lariat, and, and every he time he'd not fall on his ass. Close, <laughs> you know, and I just. After, you know, it was huge. When CM Punk come back, it set the wrestling world on fire. I mean, the guy's been yeah. away from wrestling for, what, 10 years? At that point, seven. Seven years. Seven years he Long was gone. Time. Seven and a he, half. He left wrestling in the prime of his career on top of the world. Literally, if you were a mark, if you were a hardcore wrestling fan, CM Punk was your guy. He he was he he bucked the system. He bucked WWE, and you wanted people to do that because you were tired of that stale WWE product. Yep. If you were a wrestling mark like me, like Rob, you know we 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 loved CM Punk when he hit the the fucking um he did that promo. One of the Cross those prom- fucking legs up on the entrance yeah, ramp. One of the greatest promos ever. I hate. Ever. I don't hate you, John Cena. I don't even dislike you. 
I hate the idea of you. of you. That was so good. It was the best promo ever. He walks away, WWE, he's gone. He does a UFC career. It, horrible. It was horrible. But he just disappears, you know, and everybody's going, Where's when's CM Punk going to come back? He'll never come back. He's never coming back to wrestling. In Chicago, <laughs> he fucking sets the world on fire. I come back to wrestling because I'm like, holy shit, I'm back. I started a podcast with Ken, and I was back in wrestling. It evolved into me becoming a part of the wrestling business, all because he came back to wrestling. He changed my life. <laughs> he changed I mean, dude, my career path. There's so many I people. I can't tell you how many people that, that not just watch wrestling, but people that are in wrestling. All of us have a similar story. Dude, I was not watching wrestling whatsoever in the mid to late aughts. And then CM Punk cut that fucking promo, and then I was back. And that's just, dude, that's it's every fucking one of us, dude. I swear yep. to God, nobody watched Raw for three or four years until that motherfucker hit, those, hit that fucking Indian-style seating position on that fucking ramp. Changed it everything. Changed, it changed everything, dude. And now, now he's going to be remembered for this. Should have stayed gone, am I right? Should have stayed gone. I'm not saying, I mean, just, he changed our careers, man. I, especially mine. I would have never become a realtor if I hadn't have went and worked with Dwayne. And I wouldn't have worked with Dwayne if I hadn't have come back to wrestling and started a podcast. Yeah, But I did it. Sure. I met Dwayne. I went to work with him. And he's like, man, you ought to go to real estate school. Man, you you can talk like anybody I ever met. You 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 just got people skills. You're mad people skills, man. You can go. You need to go to real, real estate school. And I got thinking about it. And guess what, dude? I'm better at real estate than I've been at ever anything in my fucking life. Like I'm a damn good uh um fucking EMT. I'm really good at that shit. I'm really fucking good at real estate. Like I'm I'm really fucking good at real estate and just the whole aspect of it. I never would have done that if CM Punk hadn't come back. But he should have works. never come back because now his, I mean. Legacy's his, fucked. He, his legacy's, exactly. I mean, he's going to have a tarnished legacy. But let's not, let's think about Jungle Boy's legacy. Well, I'm going to get to that in a minute. I want to, I want to just, because I, okay. I feel like there's a lot to say about Punk. And well, there's say. a little bit to say about, about Jungle Boy. So my opinions on him had already soured whenever he had that UFC run because you quickly realized one or two press conferences in because he was holding fucking press conferences before he even picked a gym to train at. Yeah. Fuck yeah. him, dude. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? Not only are you just coming off the couch going, you know what? Fuck it. I think I'll be a UFC fighter, but you're going to the UFC. Brock Lesnar didn't start in the fucking UFC, but Brock's a freak athlete. Punk isn't. Punk, Punk looks like Punk your fucking has cousin. Never. Ne Punk has never been a freak athlete. He's never he just been looks like an a dude. athlete. And there's no he, wrong with just looking like a dude. But that's what made him. That's what made because he was he was the everyday guy. He, he was he Ooh. was anti everything. Yeah. And in the UFC, just being a cool dude, that's not going to cut it. You got to be able to no. beat these motherfuckers. They go and have a fucking television show. Where they go and let's go find a couple of bums who haven't had a UFC fight. Fuck it. Haven't had a pro fight. And let's put Punk against those guys. 
So they put him against the one guy who comes in with a 1-0 and record. That one win was the win that he got to get this spot. Mm-hmm. Mickey Gall taps him out in, what, less than two minutes? Done. Embarrassing. A fucking nobody taps him in two minutes. So what do we do then? Let's put him against the guy that Mickey Gall beat to get this spot. Who hasn't had a professional fight since losing that fight to Mickey Gall? And what does that guy do? Embarrass Punk for 15 minutes straight. He could have ended the fight at any given time, but he didn't do it because he liked the idea of fucking with Phil. That ruined everything. Like, that ruined everything. This dude had the fucking nuts to think that, A, this was a good idea. To think that, you know what, I'm just going to go straight to the fucking UFC. Fuck all this. I'm a name. People will watch. He's right there. People will watch. Sure. But you're going to make those people who have stuck up for you when you Mm -hmm. made an ass out of yourself this entire time, those people are going to turn around and go, you know what? This guy's a fucking idiot. And I do go back to old main event heat. So main event heat got started. I think literally the third or fourth episode of this show was him debuting at rampage. And I, the episode before I was like, I don't think he's coming back and I don't think he should come back. And then he came back and I went, whatever, fuck it. We'll see. We saw. To the Jungle Boy thing now. For anybody that, the uninitiated that don't know, what what spun all of this out of control was Jungle Boy made a comment during the pre-show of All In in London where he had mentioned they were about to do this spot on top of a car, him and Hook. He pointed at the car and said, you see that? That's real glass, cry me a river. Nobody knew what the fuck he was talking about until it come out that him and Punk got in a fight backstage over the comments because Punk for anybody that didn't know, was one of the leading career or creative forces on Collision. And he put a kibosh in a spot that Jungle Boy wanted to do on the show because it involved real glass. Which, first of all, Jungle Boy, you're an idiot. You don't need real glass to make a spot worth a damn, dude. The sugar glass will get the same exact reaction as real glass. Not to mention, that match where he pointed at the fucking car and said, cry me a river. And then did the fucking suplex on the gimmick. Him and hook were both cut the fuck up pretty bad from that. Could have avoided that. Anyway, it's so weird that since punk's been back and all of the running his mouth that he's done. And then like you alluded to earlier in the episode, the big brawl out scandal from last year, after everything he's done and all the times he put his fucking foot in his mouth since he's been back, this is what got him. Like, he just couldn't hold it together. They're at their biggest show ever. Jungle Boy walks through. His match is up next. <coughs> Martin Gorilla. Jungle Boy walks through. And then he immediately starts motherfucking with him. Throws a punch. Misses the punch. Grabs him in a front face lock. That's not okay. You can't just be assaulting coworkers on the clock. Like, that's the part that's so dumb to me. Like, what he should have done. Because obviously they're going to cross paths. When he walks through that fucking curtain and you're back there getting ready for your match, you look him dead in the face and you say, after the show, me and you, we're going to have a fucking conversation. And then you hit the curtain and go do your match. That's how you handle that. Yep. And it's so dumb. I would have jacked fucking Jack Perry all up. He would have come at me all crooked. Little bitch ass looking motherfucker. I'm no, and, and, and uh, Honestly, honestly, Punk should have. I don't know all the fucking details. I don't know. Is, I know is, is it all is it all fucking Punk's fault? No, that's the thing. No. Is is Jack so I'm trying to be careful about this because I know more than I should know. 
Um, and I'm trying, I don't, and there's certain things that haven't been said that I don't want to say. I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. A lot of people that I know that know Jack don't like Jack because of his fucking attitude. And he's a twat. Um, I've never met the guy. I just know what all of the people he's I know got, have told me. And he's, he's got daddy issues. So. Well, I mean, he came up into money. Some of those, yeah. sometimes those people just, yeah. they, I mean, they're just not good people. It is what it is. Yeah, he's a douche. But yeah, he was a dick and deserved to get smacked the fuck up for sure. Mm. But it's regardless. If There's you're a at way work, to handle that shit. If you, if you go if you go to work at the fucking fire department, I'm sure there's motherfuckers that'll test you. I know me and you've had conversations about motherfuckers that'll test you. If you just, if, even if somebody deserved it, even if somebody called you the fuck out in front of everybody there, if you just walked up and swung on a motherfucker, would Done. you lose your job immediately or what? If this is your, literally, this was, this, this isn't the first time this shit's happened. This is... This is a multiple. I mean, it it would it would be a, it, we would break that shit up if it was the first time, and it would be hey, all right, what's going on? We're gonna we're gonna discipline you guys. This ain't you can't do this shit. Nope. But dude, this is like what the second time he's the been second in a physical, time that we know it's gotten physical backstage. That he's gotten a physical altercation with somebody in AEW. Physical altercation. That's fuck. It's bad for the locker room. It's bad for business, and it. And it makes them look like the second-rate promotion. Yep. I mean, really there's does. ways to handle this, and and that's not the way to handle it. You handle it just like that. Hey, after this show, me and you, we're going to talk. Yep. We're going to have a conversation. And you can even say, hey, Tony, you want to be involved in that conversation? Like, you – I mean, it, considering this all stems from an issue – that happened on Collision, and uh, and a lot of people didn't know this until recently. I didn't know it until recently. <laughs> Collision, bless you, Collision was very much his show. Like, Punk was driving a lot of that shit creatively. So, look, if the guy that is, whether or not he he really deserves to be telling you what to do, if the guy that's telling you what to do told you to do something, shut the fuck up and do it. If you well, have you problems, a have a problem. Slide. Yeah, you make a fucking underhanded comment on live TV at the fucking pay-per-view. Yeah, that's extremely that, unprofessional. That's directed straight at me that people who's watching may not know, but the people in the back. That's that is the that's what's disrespectful about. It. It's the people in the back that are going, he's disrespecting the guy in charge. Yeah. If you you can't let it slide, that doesn't mean that would be like me. I'm I'm a fireman, but if my lieutenant, if I was to say something to him. And it'd be crooked. He couldn't come and swing on me. Because if he did, he's going to get knocked the fuck out. But but he'd, he'd get demoted yeah. or fired. Yeah. Or if I was in charge, you know, and somebody swung I can't swing on him for disrespecting me. But it you can't – you have to you, – you, you have to correct it because you can't let other people see it, you know. And it, no. it, it was all done in the wrong manner at the wrong time. We all know CM Punk's got a fucking hot head, and AJ Lee, if he yells at you, you know, if you need a shoulder or a crotch to lay your head on, I'm available. All right. I'm available for you. I know you're listening, if you are. AJ, I love you. All right, that's good to know. At least somebody loves somebody over in that fucking house because <laughs> CM Punk definitely doesn't love wrestling. And you know what, Punk? I don't know you, but I do love wrestling. And if this is how you're going to keep treating wrestling, just do us all a favor. Just stay, stay the, the fuck, fuck out. Just stay <laughs> I So this is how I found out because I had uh, New South that day. And I get to the building. I walk in. And then Carmen goes, yo, did you hear about Punk? 
And I said, I've been in the car for four and a half hours. I didn't hear about shit. And he goes, well, 10 minutes ago, AEW released a press statement that they fired him. And then I just went, I just went, fuck yeah. That was my reaction. I'm like, that's what you got to do. If I worked in a fucking locker room and there was one asshole causing a problem all the fucking time, I want that asshole gone. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. Even even if he's the promoter. Even if. On, oh, I mean, in that case, un- unfortunately, a lot Wayne of times Dale. the only thing you can do is fucking leave. But, but yeah, I mean, dude. We'll if tell I, you what, boy. I mean, in, in New South, a, a perfect example. If there was somebody in that locker room just running their fucking mouth every show and testing motherfuckers and I wanted to slap the shit out of them every fucking show, I would go straight to the boss and go, we got to get rid hey, of this you motherfucker. You're going to be all right? We'll cut that yeah. out. I'm getting... <laughs> No, I completely understand, man. I'm with you 100%. You know, if we had, when we had issues in our locker room, man, we didn't bring in people back at MEW when we ran it. I mean, Correct. The, the few times we had issues, the it sucked because we had some guys that we really liked and maybe it wasn't them, you know, but yeah. we also didn't bring back the one guy that caused a fuck ton of problems. Yep, correct. Our locker room. I'm not going to shoot on him. I'm not. No, but but that's actually a fantastic point. We had one show in particular, our biggest show of of that year. Yeah, we had one guy who was an important person in the puzzle, caused a lot of problems for a lot of fucking people. Nothing, Mm -hmm. to my knowledge, got physical. Probably should have. But we nipped that shit in the bud. Me, you, a few of the other people in the front office had a conversation. We're like, look, if it's going to be like this, that motherfucker's got to go. And that's what happened. That's it how you handle people. that. It fucking butt hurt a few people, but they got over it, you know? Yeah, got the fuck over it. I mean, at it, the end of the day, we, we we have to, the if the locker room's not happy, and I preach morale everywhere I go, it's not just with wrestling, but in a shoot job. If I don't want to be here, I'm not going to give not, you 100%. I'm not going to, yeah, exactly. But if you make, if you give me, if, if you give me something where I'm happy and I like coming in here, I'm going to give you everything I got. And, and that was, at MEW, we did try to have a good locker room. Yep. You know, I, I, I tried my best to make sure everybody was, you know, okay. They were happy and they wanted to come work for us. And uh, I did everything I could, man. And that's what, that's what Tony has to do. Or, you know, Tony's got to find out who his leaders are in his locker room. So good news. That's already been handled. Okay. I didn't know. So I, I, so first of all, it looks like, um, I don't know this for a fact. I've definitely heard it said a few times and it does seem like the dirt sheets are reporting about this. So I'm not probably not stepping too out of line. If I say it looks like Brian Danielson is going to be taking a lot of the creative stuff off of Tony's hands on collision and helping out with that. Um, there's a few people in that locker room, uh, FTR considered locker room leaders apparently. And which is well, I mean, I, I'm hoping that they're still straight because I know they were big tight with with Punk. Uh, yeah. Eddie Kingston, from what I understand, another big locker room leader over there. That's a guy I'd fucking follow in the battle any day of the week. So I th- And I think that Brian Danielson has taken this opportunity to really step up. And I've heard from people that work in AEW that have said that he has gone out of his way, Brian Danielson, that is. He's gone out of his way to call talent meetings just to pump everybody up and make them feel better. Yeah. That's just a thing that he just does. You know, yeah. sounds like a sound. That's the kind of motherfucker you got to have on your fucking leadership team. The guy that well, wants to make everybody hey, feel better. Exactly. Exactly. 100%, man. And uh, look, CM Punk's gone. WWE ain't bringing him back. No, they fucking really shouldn't. And, and you know, and it's, you know, we had, like I said, we had to get that out of the way because there were a, a lot of good things that happened. Shit, that weekend in itself. All In was a good show. And all I heard honesty. it was great. 
Like the opening match, to watch it, Punk versus Samoa Joe was actually pretty damn good. Completely honest with you, it was a really good match. Bullet Club Gold versus the Golden Elite, another really good match. FTR versus Young Bucks was fucking great. The Stadium Stampede was fun. It was just a lot. Eddie Kingston, uh, Pentagon Jr., best friends in Orange Cassidy against Blackpool Combat Club, Santana and Ortiz. That was really fun. Oh, have you heard? Have you seen the shit about Santana and Ortiz on Twitter? Dude, they're it's it's a work. They're working. I know, but it's a good work. It's a it's good, a good compelling work, work, bro. It's a good compelling. It work. looks good, man. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a little bit of truth in it, because I mean, dude, there's so many great. Dude, over feuds. a year ago, like Conan. Over a year ago, Co- Conan said it was like they don't even they're not on talking terms like a year ago. Yeah, so I I, I mean, because this is totally going to turn into a fight. So it looks like they're they're capitalizing on that, which is good. Yeah. Soraya won the uh won the women's match or won the women's belt in a women's match, the only women's match on the show, a four way. Okay like enough it. match. Dude, if me and you could have a four way with her and one other person, who would it be? That's a great question. Tony Storm <laughs> was in this match, so I'll say Tony Storm. Oh yeah, dude. That's I, a good one. Yeah. We could man, that'd be a lot of that'd be a lot of man meat and lady ass. Yes. <laughs> yes <it laughs> Darby Allen and Sting defeating Christian and Swerve Strickland in a casket match. That was actually really fucking one of my favorite matches of the night. Uh the acclaimed with Billy Gunn got the trios belts off of the House of Black and a fucking phenomenal half hour match. MJF defeated Adam Cole. And it was dude, it was such a if if there is a match. This is not just for you, Mike, but for anybody listening. If you did not watch All In, if there's one match I think you should go watch, MJF versus Adam Cole. They they take you on a roller coaster ride in that match, dude. It's so fucking yep. good. Oh yeah, I'll so fucking good. Darby and Darby Darby Sting versus Christian and Swerve was my other favorite match of the night. Just yeah. a lot of really good shit on the show. And then a week later, they had All Out, That's first show post Punk. Yeah, it's stupid. It, they, that that part I hate. They had All All In, and then a week later is All Out. So weird. Yeah, considering that they had a week to decide, okay, what matches are we going to put on All Out? Because I think whenever they went into All In, I think only one or two matches were decided for All Out. That was that's that's so stupid to me. That is just it's just so stupid. I don't know. And it bothers me because I would much rather like let's tell some more stories. There are stories being told, but it's like a few people on the roster have stories, and you're not getting deep. Yeah, you're not getting no. deep enough into it to make the matches meaningful. No. Everything with, with Adam Cole and MJF has had a lot of great storytelling. Blackpool po- Combat Club usually has some good storytelling wherever they go. But even then, a lot of these matches got thrown together super last minute. But this was another really good show. Opening match, MJF and Adam Cole defend the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against the Dark Order. Pretty fun match. Samoa Joe defends his TV belt against Shane Taylor. Luchasaurus successfully defends his TNT belt against Darby Allen. I like Miro, seeing Shane Taylor get some freaking uh, exposure. Oh, for sure. And, and Shane, Shane's, Shane's, a, Shane's a man. And I, uh, I, I interviewed him back on my old G podcast, Bury the Gimmick. I've never met him in person, but I've heard good things about Shane. He's he's a solid dude, man. I like Shane Taylor. I'm glad he's getting some exposure, man. For sure. I it's hope dope. he becomes I'm a – go a, watch a, that. I hope he becomes a regular part of Ring of Honor going forward for sure. Yeah, that's dope, um, man. I'm excited about that. The fucking runaway match of the night. I'm surprised so many dude, people just ate this motherfucker up when it happened. Miro submitted Powerhouse Hobbs. 
And it, dude, people were big meat, big meat, big meat. <laughs> it was kind of nothing but meat chance the entire. It was fucking great, dude. It was 15 minutes, and it was saw, 15 minutes of good. I did see CJ Perry came in for that, which I don't. Yeah, what are they doing with that? So it's interesting because going into this, uh, Miro has forsaken all of the things he once worshipped. He has forsaken his God, and he has forsaken his hot, flexible wife. That's his words. And that's been kind of his story arc is, is all these things that I have worshiped have not gotten me to where I want to be. I haven't forsaken you, baby. So he goes walking up the ramp and sees her. I got room in my bed for you too, baby. He goes walking up the ramp and sees her and fucking fabes her and just walks past her. So I'm (laughs) super interested to see what's going on there. Um, Outside of that, what else happened? Chris Statlander retained her TBS title against Ruby Soho. Brian Danielson uh, technically and a technical submission victory over Ricky Starks and a no disqualification strap match. Mm, really strap. good fucking match. I love a good strap match. No, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good job. yeah. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta <laughs> defeated Eddie Kingston and Katsuri Shibata. Uh, could have been better. I I liked it, but it could have been a lot better. Kanosuke Takeshi to beat Kenny Omega. I won a few bucks off of that match. Um, bet you didn't know you could gamble on wrestling matches. You really shouldn't be able to, but you can. Uh, Bullet Club Gold defeated the Young Bucks and FTR in another really good match. And the main event, John Moxley defeated Orange Cassidy to become the new international champion. I heard that was a good match. It was. It really was. Dude, the show was – and that's what pisses me off, but it's also something that I appreciate about AEW, is even with zero fucking build, the shows are usually pretty good, at least the pay-per-views. All right, so uh, here's the deal. I, I got to eat a little crow. I talked a lot of shit about Tony Khan and about AEW, sure. about the all-in show, sure. about the amount of people, and they really fucking did well. Did. And, and, and and that's great. I mean, it's really good to see that somebody else can go over there to the United Kingdom and put on a good show <clears> in front of, you know, set a fucking record, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't perfect. I mean, there's still so much stuff on the production side that it blows my mind. They haven't figured out yet four years in. Yeah. But um, like there was some camera issues here and there and some audio issues here and there. But I mean, yeah, the, it was a hell of a spectacle for sure. And uh, and I, I got to eat some crow, man. I talked a lot of shit about it and they did really well and I'm glad for them. Um, I, I mean, dude, wrestling is in a fucking uh, the thing that I love about this, about there being more places to work is that means I have a chance, guys. If the if the WWE was still the only game in town, Mike, I'd be fucked. He'd be he'd, he'd be strapped, you know. I'd be I'd be major fucked. But yeah, I mean, AEW had some good pay per views. But before we get out of here, let's talk about one last pay per view, one that that you actually did watch, okay. Payback. Right off the top, overall, before we you know bounce around the matches, what'd you think of Payback? I fell asleep. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where'd you fall asleep at? I want to see if it tracks. <laughs> uh, fucking, um, the Cody so, match. <laughs> Cody didn't have a match. They didn't. Didn't he come out? He came out yeah. for the Grayson Waller effect. That's what it was. I fell asleep during that. Yeah, that sucked. The Grayson Waller effect sucked. So, uh, I honestly, I don't remember it. It wasn't a memorable pay per view <clears> for me. So this is what's wild to me. Front and back. I think the opening and the end was really good. And what, if you're playing if you're playing 2K23 GM mode, that's exactly what you got to go for. 
<laughs> your mid card can be jack shit. That's fine. Um, the uh, what was the what was the first two matches on the show? So opened it up was Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch. Dude, that was a good match. It was really good. Dude, they hit that spot off the top of that cage. That was that was solid. Trish really for Trish, baby. Let me ask you something, Bruh. I, I know you up there. But uh, I'm you ain't too up there for me, baby girl. Listen, I'll climb that. I'll climb that pole for you. I will. I will dive in that thing. Dude, some I'll, fucking guy was talking shit to her in the crowd. She gets right up in his face. Shut the fuck up. Oh, gets, I know. Oh, oh I know. It gave, it dude, if that would have been me, I would have been like spit in my mouth, mama. Huh? Dude, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'd have had a shame boner so quick. But that Trish Becky match that in the cage it was, was solid. Was man. really really good. Yeah. Becky Be- went over. Becky Lynch is probably going to go down as one of the greatest female performers For in sure. WWE history. I mean, For sure. Bar, you know, just I'm not gonna say the greatest, but she's top five, man. She's she has there, had man. a fucking career. If she retired tomorrow, she's fucking had the, one of the best careers I've ever seen. And yeah, I mean, for sure. And this is a great spot for her to be in because I think a lot of people will be talking about her in the same breath as a Trish and Alita and all those other trailblazers. Yep, she's she she is in that spot to where her career she she can now wind down and be the mother to her child she needs to be while putting over the younger talent that's about to come up. Is yeah. she not – did she not go to NXT? Is that not what's about to happen? She's going and facing Tiffany Stratton, or has that already happened? Uh, I don't know if it's already happened because I haven't been keeping up with NXT, I, but I know I that they I saw that Easter, that was yeah. supposed to happen. I don't – Yeah. I haven't seen, but – I don't know if it's happened yet, but I know is, that it, it is happening. She is in that position to give the rub to the next star. The yeah. next, the next round of female talents coming up, and she's, d- dude, she's the one to do it. She's the man. She carried the company on her back for what a year. Yeah, at least <laughs> Compl- almost was- solely because at that point people still weren't sold on Roman no, yet. No, I mean, and she was the that man gimmick was was her Austin her. was her Stone yeah. Cold freaking Austin three sixteen. Yeah, for sure, I, I agree with you. That match was good. Um, what was the next one? After that, L.A. Knight versus The Miz with John Cena as a special guest ref. If it wasn't for John Cena, this match is dog shit. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about this. As much as I love L.A. Knight and The Miz I fell asleep as right after this, I think. Yeah. I don't remember a lot about this one. I was, I was watching it, and I was like, I was like, oh, L.A. Knight's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately use all your energy for that. Yeah, John Cena being out there as the ref was neat, but, like, everything else – it, it was so I'll, I I straight up I'll tell you what I I graded all these I graded these matches I gave Trish versus Becky a B plus sure you probably agree with me on that solid fucking solid ass match I have LA Knight versus Miz a C it wasn't yeah. there's yeah. nothing wrong with it but they didn't do anything yeah they should have been on Raw yeah yeah LA Knight he did just sign a contract extension in WWE which apparently the dirt sheets are saying that's what they've been waiting on for his push is to get his extension signed let's see where they take him. I mean, he's he's yep. fucking one of the most over guys in the company right now. After that was Rey Mysterio defending his U.S. title against Austin Theory. Another one, another one could have just been on Raw or SmackDown or whatever. It wasn't really anything good. I also am not invested whatsoever in the U.S. title at right now, mm. and I'm not. not let's as let's say the Austin Theory uh, experiment has been a dud. Yeah. Okay, move on. <laughs> I was having that conversation with a with a wrestler a few days ago, and I told him I was like, I told him exactly what I told you. I was like, I think Austin needs to just leave for a little while and go learn a new hold. 
And he told me, he was like, dude, he's just, he's always been like that. He said, whenever he was here in Georgia, he's, he's always been a body guy. He was a bodybuilder when he was younger and a teenager yeah. was in like fucking like Mr. Georgia competitions or whatever the fuck. And he's like, he just doesn't have much personality, you know? And I don't know how much you can do to really do anything about that. Mm -hmm. um, after that, Tiffany Stratton talks a little bit of shit about Becky Lynch backstage, setting up with me and you were talking about that. Mm -hmm. After that, KO and Sammy take on the Judgment Day in a Steel City street fight for the tag team titles in a pretty fun match. Yeah. KO, I noticed, came out with Boo Boo Face pretty fucking bad. Um, and they did, in fact, lose the belts to the Judgment Day, which I don't know how many people saw coming. Um, but I, I did because KO yeah. had Boo Boo Face like a motherfucker. What do you mean he, by that? He just came out and was just like, Oh, he was pissed off because he like he just had, yeah, he looked like fucking James Storm knowing he was about to lose. Yeah, that's really gotcha. what that it makes was. sense. Yeah, um, there was a fun little hockey spot where they knocked him into like the fucking uh, penalty area or something because they were in a hockey stadium or hockey arena, and then uh, Sammy and KO came up wearing fucking Pittsburgh Penguins jerseys, and like that was fun. There was a few fun spots here and there. Um, it would have been a better tribute match for Terry Funk than that stupid ass sorry excuse for a hardcore match they had on SmackDown. I don't know if you saw that piece of shit. No. They had Cody Rhodes came out and said, we're going to have a tribute match for Terry Funk. It's going to be a hardcore tag team match. I should have known the second the competitors came out. Ridge Holland and Pete Dunn versus the Street Profits. Nothing hardcore about it. It was a tornado tag. There wasn't a single weapon used until the finish. There was somebody got put through a table. It was a tornado tag with a table finish. It's a joke, dude. That that shit should not have been a fucking Terry Funk memorial. This could have been. This had a lot of weapons and shit. This was a fun match. I gave it a B. Uh, Grayson Waller effect was after that. Brings out Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes said, hey, even though Jey Uso literally just said two weeks ago that he was done with the WWE, guess what? He's on Raw now because words don't matter in this fucking company. Yeah. I hate that. What do you think? I mean, obviously, I mean, I think we're both high on Jey Uso, but like, if you say you're done with the WWE and then two weeks later you're just on a different show. I was, I was waiting on him. I, I thought Jay's done until Rumble. I legit thought he's going to come back. He's going to take some time away, come back at Rumble. Or maybe just before, I don't know, but take some time and then come back to build that feud with his brother for Mania. Yeah. I didn't see this coming. But I'm happy. I mean, Jay's about to get a singles push on Raw. Yeah, I mean, I love Jay, but it's I like think he's, I just he's hate got this whole. Chops, man. I hate how words don't matter in the WWE. Yeah. They I'm did the same then... shit. They just did this. They just did this with the Creed Brothers in NXT. They had a loser leaves town match with the Grizzled Young Vets. The Creed Brothers lose, and then like three weeks later, they're just like, "Hey, we're back," and then everybody just forgot. What the fuck? Like, Vince did this at one point. I think Vince lost the match that said, like, if Vince loses the match, he's no longer in control of the WWF or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like, in, like, peak attitude era. And then, like, literally, like, a week later, he was back. Yeah. I hate that shit. I remember man. when Vince faked his death. <laughs> yeah, a week later, he was back because of very real death. A very, very because of the very death. real death. Speaking of that real death, next week's episode. Oh, boy. Next week's episode is going to be fun. <laughs> Um, after Let's all that, <laughs> after that stupid shit, we got just a couple of matches left. Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez or Gonzalez, whatever they're calling her now for the women's world title. Um, nothing really great here. The match was really clunky and slow. A lot of really, really loud 
spot calling. Raquel looks green as fuck. I guess I didn't realize how green she was because she was stumbling and just looked lost as fuck in this match. I give it a C minus. She's a body man. She 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 is a, a bigger woman. She's a Rhea Ripley sized woman who can't work. Yeah, she really can't. Like at least in this match, I haven't got a great sample size of Raquel, but. Rhea was doing all the work in this one, and it still wasn't great. Yeah, I gave this one to C minus. After this, probably my favorite spot of the night. John Cena's dressed up as Lance Catamaran from fucking Southpaw Regional Wrestling backstage. Uh, and he interviews the Judgment Day. And before he does, he does the old split your legs to look shorter trick that all the interviewers have to do with the wrestlers. And he <laughs> does it in frame. He splits his leg to get down and 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 do the thing. And then whenever um fucking Finn and uh Punishment Martinez, whatever his fucking name is, whenever they walked away, you see him straighten back up and, and the fucking frames. Oh, that was tough. <laughs> that shit popped me. I love that. After that, the, the main event, Seth Rollins defended the world title against Shinsuke Nakamura. This is good. It was really good, dude. I gave that match a B plus. Seth retained. I love heel Shinsuke. I love the fucking video package they played before. It had some real big fight feel. The only thing I hated about this, and it's a thing that I'll hate in every Seth Rollins match, is I hate his fucking song and I hate the sing-along. Well, you know, okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. He fucking milks it, dude. He stands there forever just holding his arms out like he's an uncrucified Jesus. And <laughs> goes, for like a half an hour, dude, I'm over it. I'm so fucking over it. I like the old theme. Whenever he just got out of the shield. Burn it down. Yeah, I like the old theme, man. What the fuck? I hate this new <laughs> shit. So, so let me ask you this. Do you think John Cena should do more? Um, like hosting, <laughs> he should do. He should do whatever the fuck he wants. I love John Cena. As long as it's not wrestling, because he wasn't that great to begin with, and he's and lost he's, almost all of it now. Yeah, he's he's bad. He's a fantastic. He's a fantastic personality though. That's Dress it. up like Lance Catamaran every episode and just interview motherfuckers backstage. I'm about <laughs> it, dude. I love Cena. I love Cena. Awesome. But yeah, like the front and the back of this episode of or this pay per view was really good. But other than that episode it felt like an episode of raw other than yeah. that it, it yeah i fell asleep to be honest with you i watched a decent amount of it but i just i was struggling anyway and then it just it, a lot of it sucked so yeah i was just out of it um but overall man solid solid uh little show it was um, a solid show aw had a couple of solid pay-per-views yep. impact um, uh as we're filming impact just had victory road which where tommy uh, dreamer right. won the digital media championship yeah, and uh, <laughs> okay. which I don't know how bright that is, considering what people on digital media haven't for, forgotten about that he said a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey man, this is a good episode, good review. We got to talk about some stuff next week on Main Event Heat. Is Mike's brainchild? <laughs> is my brainchild? Mike's if you were a fan of Barry the Gimmick, you you remember the episodes where we would where we would mock shit up. And come up with it, it just random shit. And this is a very Barry the Gimmick episode. This episode is my brainchild. And I'm very excited to present it to you. Only on Main Event Heat next Monday. Brother, I'm going to tell you what. Me, Big Mike, and Sweet Sexy Rob. We are going to be taking anybody who is dead from wrestling and booking a show. 
That's right. We're going to be booking our own heaven a mania. We have unfortunately lost so many great minds and workers in this business. The way that we want to pay tribute to them is we want to book a show from the afterlife. Yep. One last time, we want to see our favorites. That's right. And I'll be I'll give you a little tidbit, a uh, snippet of it. There will be a match. It will be a fantastic match. It is a Daniel Benoit Don't. on a pole match. Don't. We talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this one. With woman in the corner. I told you, brother, ain't no way in hell she's fucking cornering Benoit in the fucking afterlife. <laughs> There's no way in hell, dude. Not a fucking chance. He's no, no. not even in the same afterlife as her, brother. It's a hell in a cell match, brother. <laughs> <laughs> they, went, they went over to the visiting field for this one, but that's going to be next week's episode. We're I hope excited you guys, about uh, it, man. Hey, and hey, while while you're thinking about it, you guys have a week until that episode comes out. I want you to think about who are some of your favorite wrestlers who are no longer with us that you would love to book in a match. And we'd yep. love for you to tell us about it, but we're going to talk more about that next week. Until then, he is at Big Mike Sells. I am at Sweet Sexy Rob. Go pick up a t-shirt on collar and elbow. Use the promo code HEAT at checkout to save you a couple of bucks. Interest rates are temporary, but Wu-Tang is forever. It's forever. Thanks for hanging out.